Nobody makes it easier to stay on top of all of your health concerns than Meridian Medical Services. Hey, it's JMV. Call them today, 317-925-0811, and schedule your heart screening. I know my situation. You should, too. Make the call. It is affordable. It is easy, and you will know. 317-925-0811. Nobody's more affordable. Nobody's easier than Meridian Medical Services. Call them today, 317-925-0811. NFL trade deadline to get to as well. About that and more, Brad Spielberger will crunch some numbers on this Halloween from Pro Football Focus via the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Happy Halloween, Brad. How are you? Happy Halloween. Doing well. How are you doing? Are you uh, staked out in Brooklyn right now? Uh, in Queens, New York. All right. So, uh, what's uh, will you uh, people visit you for Halloween? Will you hand out candy in Queens, New York? They probably will. Yeah, I live in more of a residential area as opposed to the concrete jungle. So I'm sure we'll get some families with some small kids coming around. And uh, I bought a very limited amount of candy because I already know that I'm going to end up eating 80% of it. So hopefully it's not a lot of kids that come by. Uh, Hopefully it is a lot of kids that come by and they take all of it, I should say. Now, do you you leave your light on, which means welcome to trick-or-treaters or turn it off when they're no longer welcome? Do you utilize that? Yeah, you got to go with that system, and then when you're when you're done with it, you put the bowl out. You don't start with the bowl out because if someone comes and takes the whole thing, as I used to do as a kid every year, so you you start with the doorbell system, and then eventually you just put it out and say, all right, first kid to come up to the the, the stoop gets gets all the gander. Yeah, I I always thought if you had a a house that had the light off on the front porch, you were like saying, beat it, nerd. You know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. get out of here. Yeah, we don't we don't want you here. Get out of here. That's uh, Brad Spielberger in Queens, New York, a PFF with us. All right, I want to start with the trade deadline right now, which has been going down now, come and gone. Uh, what'd you make of it? Were there some things out there you heard didn't happen, and what about the things that ultimately did, Brad? Yeah, you know, I think it was still a pretty active and fun deadline. You know, last year with Christian McCaffrey and uh, T.J. Hawkinson and Bradley Chubb, we still got a handful of big deals today. Obviously, both commanders, edge rushers. You get Rasul Douglas, the cornerback from Green Bay, who's playing some great football, going to Buffalo, who desperately needed help at cornerback. So, yeah, I think there were a couple deals that didn't happen that I think maybe become interesting this upcoming offseason, particularly at edge rusher. Does Carolina... Now they're going to franchise tag Brian Burns. Is he going to demand his way out of there? And are they going to take, you know, cents on the dollar after they could have had two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Burns last year from the L.A. Rams and the Vikings with Daniel Hunter? What do they do? Are they going to extend him now? Or are they going to lose him for nothing, you know, or, or a compensatory pick, what have you? So, yeah, still a lot of intrigue going forward with a lot of these, young, you know, a lot of these players. So Brad Spielberger is with us. Which move do you like the best? You know, it's interesting. There's a lot of different angles to the the Washington moves. Um, I I do like that they were recognized. The new owner in Josh Harris, who obviously is infamous for the 76ers and the trust the process situation uh, in the NBA. And I think a lot of people fail to understand the commanders were going to lose one of these guys no matter what for zero return uh, because you only have one franchise tag and, and, you know, the other guy's going to walk and and you're probably not getting a compensatory pick because I think Harris is going to spend a lot in free agency. So, (laughs) excuse me, I just appreciated that they moved Montez Sweat for a second-round pick to start the day. I think it's a good idea. 27-year-old player, good player. I think he's a high-end number two edge rusher, not really a number one, doesn't win one-on-one pass rush matchups. Moving both guys, uh, I certainly did not foresee, but I do respect it. I I mean, they are just getting value out of assets and kind of starting over, and I assume investing way more on offense and not having four expensive defensive linemen, you know, which was the alternative. Being a a spot, a destination for those high-dollar, high-value type of positional players that are so coveted around the NFL, I guess with the exception of Brock Purdy. Um, will all this John Lynch maneuvering for these high-value, high-dollar guys, if they don't win at all, will this go poof right in his face? Yeah, I mean, the interesting thing for me is you have another draft pick, so if you did want to you know, replace Brock Purdy, they do have a bunch of these third-round compensatory picks because of you know, the signing of Rand Carthon to be the Titans GM, the signing of D'Amico Ryan to the Texans head coach. So that's where these third-round picks are coming from. They've also gotten them for Mike McDaniel, you know, when, when a minority is hired as a head coach or a general manager. So they're kind of house money. But 
I don't know if I would view it that way. Um, if you need to replace the quarterback, it makes it a little bit harder to do so. And they know that as well as anyone when they traded, you know, multiple first-round picks for Trey Lance. And then the last piece for me, too, is, I mean, Brandon Ayuk, I think, should be getting, I don't know, $25 million a year this offseason. Like, I think he is a premier elite wide receiver. So they have in-house guys that need money, too. It's, it's definitely interesting, but I, I do respect him making the push. And I wonder if Chase Young is just a rental, just a mercenary half-season rental, and then you let him go sign elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the view here. To Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus, the ending of the 2023 NFL trade deadline, that conversation and more on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Was there a move that wasn't made where you're skeptical where maybe you think it should have? It's interesting. The Jalen Johnson situation. So, look, I, I actually do like what Chicago did. You know, just a solo second-round pick for Montez Sweat. I think he is a good football player. However, I mentioned the Bradley Chubb move last year, and a lot of these bigger moves for premium position players, you have to, if you're the new team, try extremely hard to get an extension done on a guy you know you're going to pay. You want to do it as soon as humanly possible so the market doesn't go up, so the player doesn't gain more and more leverage as time goes by. So you bring in Montez Sweat and you don't move Jalen Johnson now. So again, you have one franchise tag, you have two really, really good football players, and you probably have to use the franchise tag on Montez Sweat in theory if it got there so you don't waste a second-round pick. And then again, that means you lose Jalen Johnson potentially for nothing because the Bears are going to spend like crazy in free agency, I would assume. So that dynamic is interesting. I know Johnson has come out and said he was going to refuse to – well, he didn't say it, but, you know, reporters saying he was going to refuse to negotiate with the team and he has no intention of signing there. You know, you're, you're losing a number one corner maybe for nothing here. Brad Spielberger with us. If you were watching, even from a distance, the Colts game, were you somewhat shocked that Jonathan Taylor had such early success and then – Shane Steichen, ultimately in the second half, for whatever reason, pulled the plug on him. Did that shock you at all? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I'm sure he's still just trying to protect the long-term interest of the team and the player more specifically. You know, you know, we'd love to see a 30-carry game where he takes over and just continues to bowl over other guys and, and just build and, and kind of wear down an opposing defense. But, you know, frankly, you're playing one of the best run defenses in the NFL the last several years. I'm not going to call it a lost season. I mean, you're learning a ton about this team. You're getting great production from young guys like Josh Downs and, you know, splash plays from Juju Brent, et cetera. But I don't know. I'm not overly concerned in, you know, winning a game uh, by giving Jonathan Taylor 35 carries in his, what, third game back from, from an injury. Let me tell you this, Brad. I have referenced this weeks ago upon the injury of Anthony Richardson done for the season as a lost season. I, I believe right now the Colts are kind of like, you know, I'll put you in a Halloween term film, kind of like Jack Nicholson, Jack Torrance in that maze in The Shining at the end. That's where the Colts are with this season to me right now. Look, and I, and I see it the same way in some ways, but I think what you try to do is play young guys as much as possible. So, like I mentioned, Josh Downs, I think Will Fries has started to stack some pretty solid outings. He was a major question question mark for me at right guard, and I think he's getting a little bit better as the season goes on. You know, I mentioned the young secondary and all those guys. And you just, you just build a culture, build a winning model. And, and look, a lot of those are cliches, but I'll tell you right now, if you're a free agent offensive player – and you're watching what Shane Steichen is doing with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, knowing Richardson's going to return, a great prospect that showed flashes. Heck, I'd want to go play for Shane Steichen. I mean, it's, it is truly remarkable, in my opinion, what they've done. The only team in the NFL to score 20-plus points in every game. And they've done it against a lot of good defenses, including the New Orleans Saints. Brad Spielberger, Pro Football Focus, joins us. What's going to happen with Kirk Cousins? What's going to be his value? once he returns from that injury? It's so tough. I mean, an Achilles injury for a 35, 36-year-old quarterback, I feel terrible for him first and foremost. I mean, in a contract year playing some of the best football of his entire career, had a top-five passing grade for us in the entire NFL. And I mean, look at that Niners game by itself, evading pressure, consistently hitting downfield targets to Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson, Brandon Powell. I mean, really just making the most of the situation – now it's interesting. I don't know because, I, you know, I know Aaron Rodgers is doing his voodoo magic and, and whatever he's doing for his Achilles, but normal human beings, I would imagine 
you know, Kirk might not even be able to sign until after, you know, the, the draft and kind of wait for things to play out for other teams. So your guess is good as mine. I'm not a doctor. I, I don't know. But, but someone will bring him in. I think a team like in Atlanta or something like that, if they don't love what they see the rest of the year from their quarterback, maybe tries to replicate, you know, the Tom Brady Buccaneers, sort of. It's not the same thing. Um, he'll go somewhere for a good, you know, I'll say, well, I don't know, one year, 25 mil, but, but I just don't know enough about the medical. All right, Brad, you brought it up here. Aaron Rodgers, the Jets are 4-3. and three. Um, He believes that if they stay in some sort of contention, that he will reemerge by the end of the season. Again, you're staked out in Queens, New York. Are people buying into this, as you mentioned, kind of voodoo, magic, return, doing something that I don't even know if I've ever seen anything like this in that amount of time? It's crazy, but they're, they're, they're buying in, and they really believe it, and I, and I know the building is starting to believe it too. And, and, and like you said, I haven't really seen it either. The one example we have is Rams running back Cam Akers, who got the same procedure. It's a very new medical procedure. Um, and he returned from, let's say, end of training camp. He came back for the playoffs. So a longer period of time. However, you know, it's a guy cutting and taking hits as a running back versus a quarterback that maybe can protect himself although the guy was also 15 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. But, but anyway, so, you know, I, I think it's going to happen. I think he wants to not only return, but maybe play a late regular season game if it matters. And to tie back to an earlier question of yours, a move that didn't happen that I don't really get, the Jets lose two more interior offensive linemen to IR this past week. They're now going to be on a second-string center and a third-string right guard, at least for the foreseeable future. Ezra Cleveland in Minnesota going to Jacksonville for a sixth-round pick, I'm not really sure why the Jets wouldn't beat that offer. That, that didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Brad Spielberger, PFFs on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. How much sense did Will Levis in his NFL debut make throwing four touchdowns and leading the Titans to a 28-23 win over the Falcons? Yeah, credit to him. You know, I know Atlanta was the other team making a huge push for Montez Sweat, and you saw why in that game uh, they have a bottom five pass rush win rate for us off the edge. So they have great interior players in David Onimata and Grady Jarrett, although Jarrett is now lost for the season, uh, but they have nothing to speak of at edge rusher. And so Will Levis was really comfortable navigating that pocket or, you know, strafing a little to the outside, but not completely bailing because the tackles were holding up pretty well. And, you know, there were some misses in there, and there were, you know, some busted coverages, but he made a couple really, really impressive throws down the field. Obviously, a couple bombs to DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, he looked great. Uh, what about the Chiefs? Kansas City, in preparation to go to Germany and take on the Dolphins, I mean, looked. Speaking of Jack Torrance and the Shining, they kind of looked frozen out in Denver over the weekend. What what was the reason and, and why, on the other hand, did Denver look so different than we have seen them so far? Yeah, you know, they've played that defense has played Kansas City pretty well now, two out of the last three weeks, and credit to them. And the biggest single singular thing is getting back Baron Browning, their former third round pick, who's a converted off ball linebacker to edge rusher, who's a really, really good football player in two games now this season, has ten pressures and two sacks, a super high pass rush win rate, and a consistently winning reps. And he was great last year as he converted into the position. So, I mean, that's kind of the micro thing. You know, from a macro level, you saw a drop touchdown from Sky Moore. You saw a drop 30-yard ball over the middle you know, by Rasheed Rice. Like, I, I get Travis Kelsey is arguably the best pass catcher in the entire NFL right now, you know, certainly up there with, with Tyreek Hill, et cetera. They, just, they don't have a wide receiver on, on the roster right now. And it's, they'll probably still figure it out. For all we know, they'll still win the Super Bowl. But I just, I'm, I'm a little surprised they didn't do even something small for a wide receiver today. So the Panthers get their first win of the season this past weekend over the Texans. Of course, the Colts go there on Sunday and take on the coach that this time last year they uh, punched out and fired as head coach of the Colts and Frank Reich. I guess we'll start right here. How did Bryce Young look to you in his first win as an NFL starting quarterback? He did have a couple super nice throws. He evaded pressure. He got bumped by an edge rusher, rolled out to his left and threw a perfect touch ball over the defender to Adam Thielen down the left sideline. And so you're seeing a couple of those flashes week to week. But on a down-to-down basis, that offense is still largely anemic. I mean, they had a couple good catch-and-runs from rookie Jonathan Mingo and a couple other plays here and there. But to consistently sustain drives, they still haven't done it, frankly, all season long. Um, you know, the defense stepped up on C.J. Stroud. 
And I guess in a similar manner, the extra motivation, you know, instead of the head coach for that one, I think there was a lot of, hey, we took our quarterback ahead of this guy and CJ Stroud. Everyone's talking about Stroud now. You know, let's win this one for our guy. So maybe that applies to the Frank Reich revenge game as well. But, yeah, the offense still didn't impress me all that much. They just kind of won an ugly game against Houston. Yeah, and uh, one that they needed desperately as well. Again, Brad Spielberger joins us. Uh, Ravens 31-24 over the Cardinals. I want to get to the Bengals and Niners in just a second. And the reemerges now at 4-3 and three of Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. But start with the Ravens. It looked kind of like a cluster most of the way, but it was one of those road games. I guess you'll look back on Maybe you want to forget about it, but glad you're now 6-2 and two as a team. Yeah, and I think the Ravens have had about four of those uh, so far this season. And they, they do deserve credit, you know, for blowing out a good Detroit Lions team. But that's why I didn't love, you know, their prospects against the Detroit Lions. But, hey, credit to them that they absolutely dominated that game. So, Lamar Jackson also had one of the best throws of the week. He's getting hit in his left leg, which is swinging over his body. And then he just torques a throw to the end zone to Mark Andrews for a touchdown. It was one of the more impressive throws of the week because I'm not sure how he generated as much velocity on it as he did. He's an MVP candidate for me. He, he, is, he is firmly in that conversation now. He's playing great ball. Some of the box score numbers aren't quite there. Um, but the, he's had a bunch of drops by his receivers and you know, missed opportunities. But I think a couple more weeks like he's playing, you know, that conversation will, will, will start taking over. Uh, he, he's been exceptional. Bengals. Bengals 4-3, and three, now above 500. Is it go time in Cincinnati? 110%. They are now, interestingly, one of the healthier teams in the NFL, uh, you know, on both sides of the ball. After dealing with a whole host of injuries, their offensive line looks good. Joe Burrow is clearly back to being Joe Burrow. Had a couple scrambles in that game. You know, there's one video going around Twitter where he evades the sack for like eight seconds and then delivers a throw to T. Higgins down the right sideline as he's taking a shot. He pops right back up, and later on in that drive, he converted a 39 on a QB draw. Like, there were plays in the playbook that simply did not exist the first month. So, yes, the Bengals are all the way back. Trey Hendrickson's a top 10 edge rusher in the NFL and probably deserves more accolades in his own right. Um, this team should be scaring everyone in the AFC. The, the, the sleeping giant has returned. Uh, one final thing to the Jaguars now 6-2, and two, and they knock off Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh. Uh, is it legitimacy here or the Jaguars just kind of taking advantage of some of these teams on their schedule here what do you think no I think it's legit I think it's legit I think we've probably talked about it I still view them as a legitimate contender for the one seed in the AFC in part because you know they have a more favorable divisional schedule than other teams do across the conference you know particularly that AFC North we just talked about but for me even though there has been some clunkiness on offense at times the Jaguars' defense is for real, and that unit was a problem last year. They have a top-five run defense in pretty much every metric you want to look at, and the coverage play is getting better and better. Darius Williams is a great free agent addition. Tyson Campbell, their best corner, has actually missed the last two or three weeks, and they're still locking down opposing quarterbacks. So, no, I think they're for real. I mentioned the Ezra Cleveland trade, the guard from Minnesota. I think it was a good little depth to pick up for them. I think the Jaguars are legit. Brad, what are you writing about, my brother? I'll be covering all the trade deadline deals and, and grading everything up and then probably starting to move forward and look at some of the post-deadline extensions we start to get. Uh-oh. Uh, yeah. Post-deadline. Yeah. Where do we start right there, Bradley? Yeah, so, you know, just some of the contracts that could be on the horizon. We saw Rashawn Gary with the Green Bay Packers get a four-year, $96 million deal, which I think was very team-friendly, uh, and maybe get some other deals on the way. I'm sure the Bears are trying to extend Montez Sweat right now as we speak, um, and a handful of others, not just the guys that got traded too. So other players across the NFL, um, you know, that are going into contract or that are you know pending free agents. Uh, I'll be writing up a bunch of them and kind of getting ready for that market on the way. You are the man, Brad. Have a a safe and enjoyable Halloween night in Queens, New York. You do the same. Thank you. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller. I 
traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. And then on our way home, uh, we stopped on our way back at Frenchie's Pub in Morgantown. And our next guest, Bob Kravitz, musings of an old sports writer, had just one hell of a time there at Frenchie's in Morgantown. Bob Kravitz, who joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pylon. Are you still reliving those moments that we all shared at Frenchie's on that September evening? I uh, I need therapy. Uh, <laughs> I require therapy after a trip to Frenchie's and Nice people. Nice people. No I'm glad they didn't kill us. No doubt about that. Hey, by the way, your new logo, when I saw that yeah. yesterday, I first thought that that wasn't necessarily a cigar, but maybe something right. you rolled on your own. And the other thought I had was maybe that was a little Oscar Madison-esque right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, told, uh, I told her that I wanted, you know, a grizzled old curmudgeonly sports writer with a fedora and a press pass and a cigar i'm actually gonna reach out to her uh, tomorrow and see if she can't turn that into a stogie because quite <laughs> frankly it looks like a blunt that is absolutely a blunt but i listen that's you you don't need to change Stop. that that's you yeah, well well whatever <laughs> <laughs> Not while, not while I'm working. Not while I'm working. It looks like you. I, I think it looks just fine, by the way. Now, were you a big fan of The Odd Couple? Oscar Madison and The Odd Couple? I the, the Jack Klugman. love that show. Yeah. Jack Klugman and Tony Randall. And who are the, uh, who are the, the Pigeon Sisters? Was uh, well, I know that um, Penny Marshall was in that for a while before Laverne yeah, and Shirley, and so was Klugman's wife, the incredibly lovely from Match Game, Brett Summers, I believe, Brett was in a lot of those Summers, episodes. I remember, yeah, yeah, we're we're showing our age. Yes, we are. We're, we've out kicked the coverage of the audience listing right now too by about pretty, ten pretty years. Much. <laughs> hey, much. what are you doing for Halloween tonight, buddy? Uh, I'm just hoping that some kids come by. We we bought all this candy last year. Nobody nobody showed up. No, now you live in a neighborhood with a lot of kids. Yes. Oh man. I don't know if the word got out. You know, you shoot one and the word gets out. I don't know. <laughs> but, but, no, no uh, we we had all this candy laying around, and Lord knows the last thing I need is more candy. Yeah. Yeah, well, and I, I, I bought just a little bit and not much because it's not yeah, like well, I rarely well, see anybody. So, over. Yeah, so rarely see anybody. We'll see if that happens later on tonight. Um, where do I want to start? Trade deadline today? I'm assuming, just like me, you're not surprised that there were no, no. moves here made? No, not really. I, I thought maybe there's an outside chance that uh, they might, they might uh, make a move with um, – DeForest Buckner, of all people. I thought, you know, at this point in his career, does he really want to stick around here? You know, kind of like Stephon Gilmore. I thought maybe, you know, it was, it was a wild a wild thought, and I don't know why I had it, but I thought maybe they would move him or he'd want to be moved. But, now, nah, now nah, with, with Ballard, you know, the only way you have trades usually is if a guy wants out like Naheem Hines. Yeah, it's funny, too, when you think about it, Bob. Um, Zach Moss was mentioned. You mentioned DeForest Buckner. And I'm in a position right now to where I think both still in the future have a great deal of value for this team. And and I guess and even if it's a wrong train of thought I have, I'm sick and tired of them offering up guys with a future here. You know what I mean? And then getting yeah. a, a, a third-day draft selection and then every fantasy football nerd that's online absolutely rejoices to the fact that Ballard gets a chance to pick in the sixth round. I don't care because that's likely going to be somebody that's going to not make it out of July next year. So It could be it could be yeah. like Darius Rush, fifth-round exactly. pick, who never made it out of never made it out of camp. So, uh, yeah, those things don't excite me. Uh, 
the trades that were made were, were really interesting. I, I don't understand why the Chicago Bears are bolstering. I mean, I can totally understand the 49ers because they're going for it. And, you know, they've lost, what, three in a row, and they're yep. a little bit desperate. But why the Bears would move on, on Montez Sweat when he's got one year left on his contract is a little bit hard to understand unless he's got an extension that I'm not aware of. Yeah, you get Peoples-Jones, the wide receiver we saw a couple of weeks ago here, yeah. uh, get moved from the Browns to the Lions. Um, you know, Dobbs at quarterback, and you know, Kirk Cousins' future is incredibly cloudy now after that, that injury over the weekend, yeah. too. But Josh Dobbs going to, to uh, Minnesota. And uh, you had mentioned Young. You mentioned Chase Young going to the Niners, and it seems like that you know, whatever happens, you know, John Lynch has you know a reservoir of being able to get you know those positions filled with so-called high-level talent that are so needy in the NFL. I, I guess with the exception of quarterback, considering you got Brock Purdy, but yeah. you know, it just seems like that the Niners are always active, and you kind of wonder yeah, well, if if they don't win at all, if that's going to bite them. Yeah, they went and got McCaffrey last year at the deadline. They paid the Kings ransom. But, you know, I like organizations that go for it, that take risks, unlike an organization we are familiar with. Um, they, they don't take, they don't take the, the big swing, uh, or at least very rarely. Um, but, yeah, I, I, the crazy thing is, look, I mean, the, the Colts are going nowhere. Yeah. But, you know, they play two crappy teams in the next two weeks. You know, they could very, very easily, without, if they just don't turn the ball over, you're looking at five and five. You know, and you're not completely out of it. You're, you're still playing meaningful football in late November and uh, early December. So, you know, it doesn't surprise me that, you know, they're so thin in so many areas. Where, you know, where, where who, who could you have moved? I mean, I guess. Anymore, Zach know, Moss was one, but I think Moss. Zach Moss. I think Zach Moss. I like him, and I like him being. And I don't know if he'd want to be here or not, but I like him being here with Jonathan Taylor. Maybe not as much as you know unplugging Jonathan Taylor in the fashion Shane Steichen did on Sunday, but yeah. I like that option of Moss being here. Dude, I, I it's been a couple of days, and I'm I've heard all the all the explanations from Steichen and yep. from Jim Bob Cooter today. I still don't buy it. You know, when you've got a $26 million guy and you let him touch the ball two times in the second half, that, that to me is coaching malpractice. It is. It, it is and it was. And you, you can't tell me it was for self-preservation for Taylor moving forward regarding this year wow. or anything like that. That was a head coach that thinks he's the smartest offensive wizard in the room that outsmarted himself. That was Frank Reich throwing 26 consecutive times <laughs> yes. before Quentin Nelson walked over and said, hey, Bozo, let's run the ball. Yeah, then no doubt about that. So I, I just, that part I didn't understand. And you know, then obviously the situation they're in right now, I kind of referenced it as once Anthony Richardson went down and now that this team is three and five since it's Halloween, it's like Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson in that frozen maze where he couldn't find his way out and he just kind of died right there. The Colts are in a frozen maze. This is an absolute lost season. It is. And and it was the minute that, that, that AR got, got surgery, this season became, I mean, the challenge, and it's a column that I'm working on. The challenge is finding things that are interesting. What, what, what do they need? What can they learn in the next, you know, nine, 10 weeks? Um, you know, I mean, we were going to find out if they had a quarterback. And I, I think in the short, the small sample size that we found out that they do have a quarterback in, in Anthony Richardson. But yeah, what what's interesting? What's compelling about this team for to watch here in the next eight weeks? And it's it's hard it's hard to come up with stuff. Yeah, you're going to have 2023 season the sequel. I mean, basically, you're going to have a sequel to an Anthony Richardson rookie season next year as well. No matter what you've seen, and, and listen, I've, I've certainly piqued my interest. 
but we have zero way of knowing whether or not he's going to be durable enough and not be the same as right. he was early on this season. And we're not going to know until, I mean, hell, we're sitting here this time next year, even further in the 2024 season. So it just makes this season look even more lost to me. Yeah, it, it's too bad because, again, there was one there was one goal this season that was, you know, I mean, to a certain extent, they found out that he is or he can be the guy. Um, but it, it's such a small sample size. And, and the bottom line is we don't know how durable he's going to be. And, and it, you know, I mean, obviously his shoulder should be in far better shape, but how about the rest of them? And they have to, they have to decide, um, just how much of a running quarterback they want him to be. Yeah, and that that makes you wonder too. I like I thought that there was going to be no way that they would take some pages out of that running playbook, that RPO, you know, keeper type of playbook that they have, but I don't know. The longer they have to think about this in the offseason, maybe the more but but see part of the issue is there, that's not why you drafted him. And then you but take away the value him. and the reason why you selected a number 4 overall in the first place. Yeah, I, I think you can overreact. I mean, to yeah. me, it just makes sense to stick with the original plan. And if, if he just happens to be a guy who, who's injury-prone, whatever that means, um, then he is. And he's not going to have a long career. But I, I don't think you take away what makes him potentially a really special quarterback. You don't, you don't say, hey, you're a pocket passer because we're afraid that you're going to get hurt. Because you're just as likely, if not more likely, to get hurt if you're sitting back there in the pocket anyway. If the Colts, Bob, lose in Carolina on Sunday, is that the bottom of the barrel considering the coach on the other side is the guy that they fired this time last year? Yeah. Yeah, it it, it would have been like losing a Carson. Well, it wouldn't have been like losing a Carson Wentz if Wentz had played in that Washington game last year. But, uh, yeah, that's not good. We we reached out – we were reached out through PR with the Colts, and uh, they reached out to uh, Carolina. And apparently, uh, Frank is not uh, interested in uh, in uh, sharing his thoughts with the indie media. Really? So, yeah, I, I, like I, I don't think it has anything to do with the media. I mean, we were pretty pretty nice to him. I, I just think he doesn't want to do anything. You know, what, what's he going to talk about? I mean, he's just going to dance around the issue. So. I think he feels like it's not worth his. It's not worth anybody's effort. But it's too bad because I like to know his well, feelings. You know, it's it's funny you mentioned that because I would think that he was really good about saying a lot and never really saying anything. I mean, he had that down yeah. pat. So to me, at the very least, if you give you guys that opportunity to talk with him, then you're not on here right now telling me that he decided not to give you guys that opportunity, which to me looks worse than you – know, we weren't going to say anything anyway, so it really didn't matter. Let me let me just – let me just so I don't misstate it. Okay. I, I asked uh, the PR from, uh, from the Colts if he was speaking and was told that, uh, you know, they uh, – I, I, if I'm not misunderstanding, they went through the, through the Panthers and he was not, uh, not accommodating on, on this issue. I, I hope I'm – representing that correctly if i'm not i apologize but either way the bottom line is we're not going to have access to frank this week and that's that's too bad and i i wish i was going to carolina because i still owe the guy 20 bucks for for calling the philly special against new england um what would be the first question on your list if you were given the opportunity uh why why did well two things First, uh, I mean, I would ask him what role did Jim Irsay have in the decision to use Sam Ellinger and to bench uh, Matt Ryan? And uh, what role did he have in the decision to fire you? You know, and uh, that, that would be that would be the first thing on my on my list. I guess what's funny about that is everybody around here knows what went down yeah, and how it did. went down. I don't know how, why it's a big deal now. Thing. He wouldn't answer. He would, right. he would, I mean, he's, he's a classy guy. He would, he would uh, dance around it. But, yeah, everybody knows what happened. I mean, Ellinger was mandated by the owner, and the owner decided that uh, Jeff Saturday was a really good idea. 
How's this season compare to last? Last was a clown show. This has just been a bore. what? A bore? Bore. Yeah. Yeah. A bit of, I mean, the games have been the games have been interesting. They've been competitive. I think they've they've played hard. Uh, but yeah, last year was just you, you needed calliope, you know, calliope music or whatever it's called uh, going on. I mean, it's, it was a clown show. This year is a little more mainstream, but it's uh, no more. Inter- it's not any more. Inter- I mean, last year was interesting, interesting in a bad way, but it was interesting. So Bob Kravitz, musings of an old sports writer. Bob Kravitz, you can find him at B Kravitz and, of course, Substack.com slash at Bob Kravitz for his work. Joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. I'll get to what happened on the floor. Last night was a major malfunction from Rick. That was a T.J. McConnell night last night, and he didn't call him off the bench. That was a major malfunction. But you were one that couldn't watch the game last night because of the major malfunction with Bally Sports. And, and their app. And Bob, I'm going to tell you this much worse than an October loss at home to Chicago was that fiasco from last night. That was ridiculous. And from what I'm told, I mean, based, based on my Twitter, apparently it happened quite a few times last year. Yes. And, you know, I mean, look, they're, they're in financial distress and this and that. The Pacers need to get out of this relationship because it's killing them. It's absolutely killing them. You know, you're losing an entire generation of fans. I mean, we saw this, the the Chicago Blackhawks many years ago under Mr. Wirtz. They didn't show their games on local TV, and it destroyed the franchise. I mean, almost destroyed the franchise. It, it hurt them with an entire generation of kids coming up who loved hockey. And that's what's happening here in, in Indianapolis. And really, in, in other cities where Bally, um, you know, is in control and doing such a terrible job, I was I was genuinely pissed. Now, thank, I'm glad the the World Series was on, but you know, I I bought Bally's app so I could stay up with the Pacers, and uh, I wasn't able to do that last night, and it was very. Uh, very frustrating. It is damaging right now. More so, more so last night than I think we even went through last year. Because last night, you know, and again, you know, they didn't play well and lost at home to Chicago. That notwithstanding, but last night there are going to be a lot of eyeballs introduced to a product that, to that point, was two and zero. And everybody had talked glowingly about and was excited about. And you're going to have a lot of new eyeballs for the first time on that. And to get turned away and then to receive no help whatsoever. And I know that that's a Bally problem, but ultimately everybody's going to blame the multi-million dollar professional sports organization. And that's the Pacers. And that was a worse loss than what the Bulls gave them last night. I agree. I mean, you're you're losing you're losing fans. You're you're actively turning them away. There's a lot of stuff going on right now with the Pacers that I find uh, hard to understand. But yeah, I mean, the you've got you've got a good product. I agree with you. You know, I thought they stuck with Nemhard way too long last night. I love the kids' game. But, Me too. You know, reading 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 this morning uh, or last night. Uh, what do you have? Six turnovers, something like that. I definitely would have made the move to to uh, McConnell. Um, but yeah, you're you're just you're telling your fans you don't care about them, and it's too bad because there's a lot of good players and good guys in this team. So the other thing too is you saw Billy Donovan, the Bulls, continuously put Tyrese Halliburton in a bad defensive situation and I thought that that affected the offensive situation on the other end and I, I think you're going to see more and more teams do that try to do that and make Tyrese Halliburton make defensive decisions make the right one and get down in the stance and play some right yeah that's not something that he's I mean he's never going to be a great defensive player but if he wants to take the next step in his development that's something he's got to he's got to place a greater emphasis on he just needs to be a better better defensive player and a better rebounder. He's a, he's a big guy, and he needs to be a better rebounder. Hey, Bob, you didn't mention, and that didn't get past me, there's some other things going on that are hard to understand with the uh, Pacers. What are we thinking about here? 
Well, you know, I, uh, I, I shouldn't have said anything. So let's, let's just, <laughs> I, I hate to do that. But, well, uh, I mean, just, I mean, just, uh, I mean, just, is there anything you can, because I, I'm unaware of, of anything. I mean, nothing you can kind of string us along with. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll tell you. Okay. I don't care. I'm 63. What do I care? They, they've, they've uh, made some changes in their credentialing where they're really limiting certain people. Uh, they've been they've been good to me, but it doesn't mean I can't fight for people that I work that for colleagues. And there are some people uh, who don't have access to all the games, don't have access uh, to uh, to locker rooms, uh, things like that, which um, makes sense if you're New York or Chicago or Los Angeles or Philadelphia. It makes zero sense in a market that just, uh, you know, where you're lucky to have 10 media people there on a weekday in the middle of December against the Charlotte Hornets. So that's something that I'm going to I'm gonna fight about. So uh, I, I just put my foot in my mouth, but what are you going to do? Uh, well, I'm just, yeah. I mean, whose decision, I mean, is that upper level yeah, decision? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to find out. Okay. I've, got, that's fair. I've got several different answers and, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to litigate it here on radio like I already have. So, <laughs> so but yeah, I mean, yeah, you, you're the Indiana Pacers. You should want as much coverage as you can get. And yeah. they are actively dissuading uh, people from, from covering their team, which makes zero sense to me. So uh, yes. I fully expect a phone call here soon. The, the most that you can and also the easiest possible avenue to be able to embrace – their product that's the other thing i mean you've got to make sure those are all in line and bob listen i've been through that here and i i know that like am radio is old and done or whatever but i want every conceivable angle to make sure i can bring in everybody that's why i talk about you know the stream the app you know the lounge via youtube live hd radio all that stuff i mention that every day because i want to make it easy as hell and the pacers are making it difficult for anybody to consume their product and there are way too many damn options out there other than professional sports or pacers basketball and people will gravitate to that and they will gravitate to whatever is easiest to get to Absolutely. You, you said it better than I could have. I mean, you, you know, you, you, you've got a good product. You should be proud of it. It's a, it's an all-star year. This should be, this should be a big deal. This should be important to people. And it's not, you know, and I, I remember how it was when I got here in 2000, they're just coming off the, the NBA finals year. And really, I mean, it, it, it was a Pacers town. More than it was a Colts town yeah. when I got here, and you know the way that's changed, and, and, and I, I don't see them doing anything uh, to help themselves in terms of uh, access to their product. I tell you, th- this town. Thanks for getting me in trouble, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Just blame it on me. <laughs> Just blame it on me. I mean, I. <laughs> I was going to bring this up too, but I mean, hell, I I think I asked to get somebody on three weeks ago, and I haven't heard a peep. So, I go, yeah, all right, well, so whatever. Get get, get in line. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll both get each other in trouble. I I felt compelled to join you in the boat of trouble this afternoon. Yeah. On this uh, Halloween. Well, start start. Uh, <laughs> start paddling. Start I'm going to start paddling. Start paddling now. <laughs> hey, what are you writing about, buddy? Uh, well, I did. A, I'm going to do a uh, mailbag which is always uh, fun. And uh, I think I'm going to get into, you know, what what's left to pay attention to with the Indianapolis Colts. You know, I, I think there are a couple of things that are still interesting about this team, not a ton, certainly not the quarterback situation, but I think we're still going to learn a lot about some individual people, whether it's coaches or, or players uh, moving forward. You remember the Jack Nicholson line in the original Batman in 1989, and he mentioned how this town, in a quote, needs an enema. This town, <laughs> this town in central Indiana, the state of Indiana really needs a winner because we yeah. have all become very schlep rockish in terms of easily accepting and moving on to losing. That's where we are right now. I know, I know. 
you know, so I was, it occurs to me that Schlepprockish sounds like a Yiddish word that my mom used to use. Yeah, Schlepprock was a character on the Flintstones, like an offshoot of the I Flintstones. Him. Yeah, he had the I cloud and that. the rain cloud over his head all the time. And I've always used that to describe me being a Reds fan. Being very slip rock with right. a cloud over my head, but no, this is how yeah. this is how because we we so easily like we got people moving on and talking about you know day three or late round draft picks on Halloween or before Halloween or who to draft or how you got to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, we have become like these teams have presented to us losers and accepting of losing. Yeah, no, I I agree. I mean it's. It, you know, I mean, like the you know the Colts did nothing today. The like the, the Pacers, I, I I like a I like a lot of what they've done, a lot of what they've done, and I think they're going to be a good team. I just I just wish I could see them on TV. I, I, I tried. I tried really hard uh, in that description of what we have become not to steal the lyrics from the Beck song "Loser" right there. Really hard. Did you notice? Loser, baby. Why don't you tell me? You can find Bob Kravitz's work and a brand new logo, by the way, that I think is yeah. going to be redone again. But it looks really good. I thought immediately Thank of you, Oscar man. Madison right there. That's well done. Perfect. Musings Perfect. of an old sports writer with Bob Kravitz. Substack.com slash at Bob Kravitz. Have an outstanding Halloween. And here's hoping you don't get a lot of kids and you get to digest all that candy on your own, brother. Go for it. Oh, that'll be great. That's what I need. Thank you. <laughs> Take it easy, buddy. See you, boys. Bob Kravitz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta. Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. On the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, our good friend Greg Rakestraw joins us on this Halloween 2023. What are we doing with the fam tonight, Greg? Well, unfortunately, I've got one on the DL, so I spent a good chunk of my day yesterday. Uh, my beloved Jackson broke a small bone in his foot no. um, yesterday, so uh, he will be passing out candy with me. Uh, Mia will be dressed in a costume that she made herself, which, as you know, her is not a surprise. Yes. She is going as a Viking goddess, uh, stealing and plundering candy all throughout Broadway. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I, I give my best to Jack. That stinks right there. But uh, give my best. Yeah. You guys just sit around. You're like, what do you do? Do you hand out two and eat one? Hand out three, eat two, kind of like that, because that's exactly no, what I, I'd I be doing. I try to hand out as many as I can. It's my diet plan. The more people <laughs> eat, the less I do, the better. Um, my kids like to collect candy, and then it sits there and gets dust. So I will actually re-gift the candy they have already gotten from like other sources. Of course, the Butterfingers and Reese's Cups have been picked over by me already. Um, and then the candy they bring back in, again, the Reese's and Butterfingers go to me, and everybody else will just, you know, give the Goodwill or something like that. I am a, uh, a big fan of the Reese's Cup, too, but I, I love the miniatures from Hershey, the Mr. Good Bar. So I, I guess I dig me some nuts. Seriously, well, I love Mr. Good Bar. From time to time, John, I think we've all thought about it over the years. But uh, I, I could subsist. In fact, I, I love my nuts. I do. I love my nuts. Butterfingers. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Uh, all right. Tell me a little bit about what's going on here. And I know that the IHSAA, they've, for a long time, because you've been a part of it, especially on the uh, Champions Network, you've been doing all these things via stream. So is this going to be starting this year, solely stream and no more TV options? Is that what we're looking at here, Greg? That is correct. And I'm not sure if that's the permanent solution. Perhaps it is. You know, let's face it. Seemingly, things are, are going more and more online uh, as we speak. Um, but so many of these, of these champions have been online for 15 years. 
but there have been television offerings, especially in football and both basketballs and volleyball, baseball and wrestling and, and even softball used to be, you know, kind of a, of a Valley sports offering. So now everything will be funneled through IHSAATV.org. And as is seemingly everything in terms of IHSA championships or even like semi-state rounds, which have been exclusively online for the last few years, it's, it's one price to get one game. It is a minimal add-on to just get everything. But, you know, the first kind of championship that had been a television championship for the last several years that will not be is this weekend in volleyball. So this is kind of the start of it. But obviously football coming up on Thanksgiving weekend will all be online. These, I'll make sure that we get this right and frame this up accurately um, because I'm the one saying this. There are going to be a lot of people that hate the absolute hell out of this. I understand. <laughs> I get it. It's, 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 it's my job to broadcast and, and uh, yes. in this case, not distribute. So as someone that works in the production business, tries to find television outlets when possible, I understand that sentiment. So Well, and, and, and I know that you, that you understand it, Greg, from my standpoint, because we're both, we both grew up in a small, very small town rural area. And you're going to get a lot, maybe some in one and in two A, maybe in three A, that come from areas where you know your, your signal, um, in, in which you the way you get it is is not robust. Um, like where my mom is, for example, it is an absolute struggle. She could never really cut the cord. So I think you start right there and see if you follow me on this. I understand we all have to go to the future, and this is all going to be the future. And I'm not so much going kicking and screaming as I am just allowing, I think, for a moment of clarity to suggest to everybody involved that this is fine, but just give people as many options as you can because they can't, we can't, you can't, the Pacers can't. It's really only the NFL and Taylor Swift that can okay we can run some people off because there's three more waiting we they us can't afford this and this is what i think is so problematic about a move as such i understand where you're coming from and again this is where i say i'm one to broadcast the game <laughs> not choose the distribution of said game. So well i think john, I john griffin's going to sprint down the hall in about five minutes and probably tell me to be quiet but i just i i, I just got to think in in all forms you've got to ease into this and and maybe you can suggest they have over the years because they've offered this i would would say they have and at some point in time that decision was going to get made to uh to kind of cut the cord in in this case uh and you know there had frankly been a a pretty nice package put together by valley sports indiana um, for these games to be on that platform and when that went away, the IHSA made the move at that time to say, you know what, let's make this an online-only package. So yeah. uh, I would imagine that uh, all feedback on this subject will be welcomed, and perhaps uh, at the end of the, school, of the school academic calendar, perhaps maybe a, a different path might be visited. Maybe not. I don't know. Um, I, I think it will need to be, but I, listen, I we've been friends for a long time, so I don't want to put you in a bad spot on this. So I'll I'll save my heavy criticism for a little bit later on in the show, which is obviously coming regarding that. But we can talk about sectional Friday night in football, how that thing looks coming up this Friday, Greg. I'm looking forward to Cathedral Lawrence North. That is my game of the week on uh, TV 23, as well as the IHSAA Champions Network as well on that. Uh, last year, I had Cathedral and Lawrence Central in terms of a sectional final, and Cathedral, I think, was two or three touchdowns better, if if memory serves. I expect this one would be a little bit closer. Cathedral's been playing some pretty good football, and because they had a couple of early losses, we have not talked that much about the Irish this year. So, you know, they're a team that, that could make a sneaky run, but they would have a dastardly finishing kick if they do. If they can get past Lawrence North, they're likely looking at a path of Ben Davis, Center Grove, and as I would say, whoever wins the Hamilton County Tournament of the four Hamilton County six days that are left uh, between Fishers, HSE, Westfield, Noblesville. You get a kid like Danny O'Neill, it's possible. On the flip side, John, Lawrence North has great talent and skill positions. They're also young uh, in terms of their front seven. They've only got one senior. Uh, they're a very much a playmaking defense. LN very much has a chance to win this game. But what they can't do is, is, is make big mistakes. they got to take care of the football. 
So I think Cathedral's the favorite in the game that I've got, but it's not in the realm of possibility that LN could win their second football sectional in the last 30 years uh, if they were able to get a W on Friday night. All right, Greg, I want your incredible breakdown. What in the hell happened with Brownsburg and Ben Davis this past Friday night? That was about as wild as they come, I guess. Being the person that was there and on the television call, um, I do not think this is a case of Brownsburg giving the game away. I think there was the one turnover, and a great play was made by Mark Zachary. It's probably a, a throw the quarterback would like to have back. He literally had played a perfect game up until that point. Ben Davis had picked up some momentum. They get that pick six, and John, in the span of about 20 seconds, they go from three scores down to a five-point game, and, and everything just tilted in Ben Davis's factor. Um, I will also agree with something Cal Nedrip wrote in the Indianapolis Star the last couple of days, and that is the return of Nylon Brown for Ben Davis was huge. He's going to play in the Mid-American Conference as a linebacker, I frankly think, and, and no offense to any of the MAC schools, I think he can play at a higher level. Uh, the last time he played was against IMG, and I did that game in week four, and he was probably the second-best defensive player on the field that day behind a young man who played defensive end for Oklahoma uh, that had a pick six. He's 6'4", 280, and took it 95 yards. Um, Nylon was was in big part responsible for them that night, shutting down a running game that had offensive linemen of 280 yards or 280 pounds or more, and a running back to go to Texas. That being said, Garrett Sherrill had 167 yards you know, for Brownsburg. He's one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in the state. But I thought Nylon Brown being back defensively was massive for Ben Davis. But I just, I just think it was kind of the stars aligned, and Ben Davis just kept battling. A lot of teams would have packed it in and down 25-7. to 7. Ben Davis didn't. They had a couple of chances to do that, and they didn't, and it came out in their favor. So, Greg, great swell with us. Before I let you go, and, I mean, you can speak to this because I'm sure you've covered so many different scenarios, and, in fact, there may be others that I'm not going to bring up right now, but we, we talked about Brownsburg and Penn Davis and just how much of a bummer that is for Brownsburg considering the type of season and expectations in the postseason they had. And, you know, I look in 5A of Bloomington North, who was number one a lot of the season, you know, having a team and a season unlike we have seen down on Bloomington's north side forever. They had beaten yeah. their crosstown rivals early in the regular season and then unceremoniously ousted by those same Bloomington South Panthers this past Friday night. I That stinks because you're going to – a lot of people are going to go, you know, even in a great season, you're going to look at that and say that still, that final loss outweighs the success that that program went through over the course of the 2023 campaign. And I'm not sure I've got a good counter to that. I understand. In, in Bloomington North's case, you know, they can point to that undefeated season, that conference championship, because there have not been many or if any of those – over the years at Bloomington North. And, and I knew that getting past South a second time was going to be very difficult for them. But the fact that they put an and-o on their record of the regular season, that's a big stinking deal. Uh, and it's going to hurt now. It's going to hurt for the rest of this year. It's going to hurt maybe for a couple of years. But they will look back at that season uh, with a great deal of pride as well they should. For the Brownsburg folks, what I would say is this. Uh, I think a lot of people expected their team to be a lot closer to 500 given what they lost off of last year's team. And the fact is, they won the best league in the state, and they did so in undefeated fashion in winning the Hoosier Crossroads Conference. So, again, there is something to be said for being 9-0, and in their case, 7-0 in their league. And, and, and the other thing I would add to it is this. It wasn't like either one of those two teams were beaten by chumps the first round of the tournament. They were beaten by teams that were ranked third in the state. They just had the unfortunate luck of the draw and, and the unfortunate luck of geography. They had a great team in their own backyard that just happened to get them when they played the first week of the tournament. All right. Where are you again coming up on Friday? Cathedral at Lawrence nice. is my game of the week and looking forward to it. It's going to be a good time right there. All right. Enjoy Enjoy Halloween with the fam later on tonight. And uh, we'll catch back up. I, I'm assuming on Saturday, too, we only have three, count them, three JMV takeovers until Christmas music hiatus. Do we have a theme for Saturday? No, we'll do we'll do we'll 80s. But the Twilight Zone thing worked great. Did you hear both? Golden Earring oh, and I Two Unlimited? 
I was absolutely uh, in the car. And the first one, when I told Amy, you know, this is a, like a family meeting about what we're going to ask for on JMB's show every week, I told her I was going to request Twilight Zone, and she goes, oh, I love Golden Earring. And I go, that wasn't the one I was talking about. <laughs> and it hit me. I'm like, hey, that might make for a good double yes. shot power. So half of, so that half, the 80s idea was Amy. The early 90s, that's all me. So it was a Ray Straw nice. family entree in the JMB takeover. And I also love the way Sammy Terry says double shock power, which right. is awesome. Right. Very, very Don <laughs> King of him to say double shock power. Yes. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. Hey fans, want new flooring and want it now. March is the time to buy it floors to your home, right Brian Kahn? It really is, JMV. We have the state's largest selection of new flooring in stock. And we've just received additional truckloads of new hardwood, laminate, and waterproof flooring. So we're marking everything down. Brian, I'm looking at some of your incredible deals. We always sell up to 50% off those big box stores. But for a limited time, you can get new flooring starting at just 80 cents a square foot. 80 cents a square foot? That's incredible. That's three rooms of hardwood, laminate, or waterproof starting under $350 at Floors to Your Home. And you can get it right now. We have over 1,200 styles in stock. Floors to Your Home is the place for the lowest prices anywhere in Indiana. I'm doing my whole house. Three very convenient locations, Avon, Noblesville, and Brookville Road. Who has the lowest prices on flooring? Floors to Your Home. That's who.